Oh, hey, didn't see you there. Welcome to this week's episode of Secondary Fermentation. We're already up to episode 45. It's kind of hard to believe. So close to 100. Yeah. So I'm joined. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> struggle with numbers is fine. Um, I'm joined tonight with Joe and Nick. Nick. Yay. Whee. The gang's all back together. <laughs> yeah. The gang's all here. Did everyone have a good Thanksgiving? No. Oh, wow. Because I spent it with you. I was about to say, that's kind of harsh because <laughs> I feel like I'm personally attacked. Well, I mean, realistically, <laughs> everybody listening to this did not have a good Thanksgiving, sadly. Because they didn't, didn't hear our voices. Right, well, right. They missed us. They heard Joe's voice probably. And yeah, they, and that's why they, they had a bad <laughs> I didn't even check to see how many listens I got. Probably got a pathetic number. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. They saw the runtime was one minute and they're like, they're like why not worth it? One minute. What's this? Not worth it can't do that it's not worth it for the regular time wow oh geez well i for one had a good thanksgiving (laughs) did you drink any good beers yeah i had some good beers um enjoyed a couple bottle pickups that i had gotten when we were in durham prior to thanksgiving so fun story there's a uh a beer that i i once got to sample at the boulevard brewing company tap room in kansas city it's called rye on rye it's a rye ale that's aged in rye whiskey barrels Mm. and i heard at the time if i remember that they told me this is kind of a like an employee exclusive beer almost like it was it was at the tap room but they basically always just kind of gave it up to employees and that was one of the favorite shift beers that the guys and gals they Mm. would drink um so it was just nice to taste it i remember thinking wow this is really good well, they bottle it now as part of their, I think, Smokehouse or Smokestack series. I'll double check the language used there, but they've got like a bunch of different four-pack uh, bottles of beer that they use in this series. I think another one they use a different kind of uh, spirit barrel, but that one's really good. It's like a twelve-plus percent rye ale, lots of that uh, imparted rye whiskey flavor, which I really do like rye whiskey. So definitely enjoyed that one. It just seemed to fit really well with. This time of year, just a nice little like rye beer sipper. Um, also got to try it's Trooper is the name of the beer from Robinson's. It's an English, like an old English style ale. So the front man for Iron Maiden actually collabed with uh, Robinson's Brewing Company to make this beer. And it's been produced every year, I think. See, I think I've seen that before. Yeah, it's got really cool can art. It's got that just totally like Iron, Iron Maiden, Maiden look. Skeleton. Yeah, he's right. carrying like a the old Union Jack flag, I think, mm-hmm. and uh, it's charged with flavor. 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 Yeah, that one was really nice. So just a really clean, like, but yet like complex English ale. I think a lot of times, you know, kind of your light uh, American ales are going to have just kind of a, a one-dimensional profile, whereas this English ale had a really good balance of some like kind of noble hop character, a good malt bill that kind of balanced it all out. It was really light in ABV, so it was easy to, to enjoy just sipping and uh, also pair with some of the, the good Thanksgiving food. So those are a couple of my favorites I had and um, right around the, the holiday. Hmm, nice, very nice. I didn't have a ton of beers. I had... Uh lunch that i had picked up from we didn't ask you if you had lunch i know i picked it up from this a forum one day from maine beer co maine maine brewing uh 
lunch is an IPA, kind of one of their staple IPAs, and I didn't realize it's named after not their favorite meal of the day, but a whale. Uh, it's like a local whale that they see around that has a, a bite missing out of its fin, and that's kind of where the name came from. So very interesting. interesting. Also, Maine Beer Co. is very uh, into like sustainable uh, brewing and mm-hmm. sustainable brewing practices, so they you know kind of slapped it all over the bottle. Those things, and it was kind of, it was good. It was definitely a good, a nice balanced IPA. I had waited a little too long to have it. I honestly forgot I had it, and I was like, oh no, I need to drink this now. So it was a little, <laughs> it was a month over when they had recommended drinking it by, but it was still good. It didn't, it wasn't too oxidized or anything like that. So That's enjoyed good. it. And I also was actually able to share a beer with with Ben from Local Oak, uh, right? Yeah. From Cellarest in Asheville. So a nice, spontaneously fermented beer uh can't remember what the name of it was though at this time but it was really not too sweet good balance it wasn't like melt the enamel off your teeth sour either but it was uh one they used i think local malt and just let it set out and start fermenting from nature but it was really good really enjoyed having that thanks ben if you're listening I was asked to get a. I think Ben just has a really good grasp on on what bottles to pick up. After dinner, bottle share that'd be fun. Oh yeah. Yes. Anything cellared or spontaneous fermented, it's going to be probably pretty exciting. Just mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. Would you have Lauren liquid cranberry juice? Yeah. <laughs> or cranberry sauce? That's what I meant to say. <laughs> liquid cranberry juice. <laughs> I was like, well, cranberry Solid juice cranberry is, is liquid. Yeah. Had some cranberry sauce. Nice. Actually, beautiful. Didn't really have much to drink over the Thanksgiving break. N a November. Yeah. Now we're in December, though. Dry December. Dry, dry December. <laughs> it's funny that they picked dry January versus yeah. dry December. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe it's because of the whole like wellness in January. You're setting your New Year's resolutions. Yeah, and yeah. And people I'm need to be healthy. People need to drink alcohol during the holidays to be around family. Exactly. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. they need coping mechanisms. <laughs> I mean, not us, but other people. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, other individuals. Yeah. What are you holding in your hand right now? Oh well, I have uh, the bottle of our beverage that we're enjoying right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have one of Barrel Cultures spontaneously fermented wild ales um cedar grove so it is uh fermented with blueberries and i thought there was something else but it's just blueberries (laughs) with blueberries (laughs) so sorry for that inflection blueberries blueberries. it is 5.7 percent abv well it looks like beer yeah blueberry juice (laughs) it does yeah it's very purple yep so back in Looks January nice. of 2019, they filled two totes with wort. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was, with wort. Well, the font is so small and I don't have my glasses. That was comprised of 100% local malts and raw wheat, thanks to our friends at Riverbend Malt and Epiphany Malt. Um, and then they drove them over to the botanist in Barrel to sit next to their blueberry fields overnight and to be inoculated by the yeast and bacteria in the air. So this beer spent almost two years in wine barrels before being aged on blueberries from that very field. So this is a, this was brewed and bottled um, out of Durham. 
Very yeah. nice. That's I was really cool. I was having some deja vu from that because mm-hmm. you know a few weeks back or maybe back in October we had a bottle of Golden from Barrel yes, Culture. That's it was that. yeah. also inoculated by the wild blueberry yeast mm-hmm. uh, or the yeast from the blueberry fields from Botanist and Barrel. But it wasn't uh, aged on blueberries, right. So right? I like that they're able to kind of get the most bang for their buck by having a lot of different iterations of a, a wart and then just make like, you know, take, take some of it to use some particular modification or um, add some adjunct to it, but then still have a, a similar end product. This one is drastically different. It's also different in color and flavor. I think you get a lot more of that kind of like berry and tannic flavor. The other one was just really sour. I think golden was just mm-hmm. more of a, a pale kind of straw color and it was yeah, it just was very like tart. a sour beer. That's basically yeah. what it was. Where this is like very blueberry. Like it looks like blueberries. If you were to just take a guess, I'm pretty sure you could figure out what it is. It's uh, pretty tart, but not overwhelmingly so. And not too sweet either. I think it's a nice balance here. Yeah, my favorite of the two from the Botanist and Barrel Blueberry Fields. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, the next one I have from them when we went and picked some up is I think it's banana cakes or something like that. It's got like banana pancakes on the front, but it's an American wild ale. So I'm curious as to how that one was. They didn't have any information on whether it was spontaneously fermented or it just said mixed culture. So probably not, but I'm curious to try that one because banana cakes and a sour, like you would think almost like it'd be more of a stout. Oh yeah. But we'll see how that goes. Sounds really good. We'll have to go pick up some bottles from them. Yes, because sadly, these might be our last bottles from Barrel Culture Brewing and Blending. Because they announced when? Just last week, right? Mm -hmm. That they will be closing their doors after five years of serving beer in the Triangle region. They had a location, the original location in Durham. And they opened one in North Raleigh. And they didn't, did they have one anywhere else or was that it? Just those two locations. Yeah. Uh, I I remember reading in their kind of history of starting the the brand and the the brewing company, and you know expansion was high up on their list of priorities. They wanted to make sure they got to different areas of the kind of the RTP area, Research Triangle Park. If you're not familiar with the Raleigh Durham Metro, but uh, yeah, I don't know if they ever had plans to try to grow from there. I I would have pegged them as some place that definitely could have because of. Oh yeah, I mean the it's the success they seem to have there. Yeah, and that's what I think the closing was big. The news you had, you had mm-hmm. said like, oh, we can talk about barrel culture closing, and I was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. just not something that I ever would have thought. I guess with their social media presence, like the and always the you know they were kind of like one of the hype breweries in the area. You know, they had a lot of big releases. Mm-hmm. They would have like the heavy jams releases. They would have the ice creams and things that would be made out of their beer and whatnot. And we went to the Durham location. I only one time I think made it, but it was packed. Like we barely found seats. We got there and this was just not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we went to the, to the, 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 the Raleigh Durham. location. Oh, yeah. Raleigh. Yeah. The, the tap room. Yeah. Grab some bottles there, but I didn't really see it in the, that it was coming. So I don't know if it's financial or, what the uh, motive behind the closing was. Some articles that, you know, say they reached out to them for comment, but but nothing yet, so. But I feel like it's a brand that's known just beyond the area, you know, mm-hmm. especially the barrel culture. So you think about, like, the barrel culture invitational. 
Uh, that's right. a big beer fest. They get a lot of big names that come in for that. So I'm curious if something else happened that kind of forced their hand to close. Yeah, um, that'd be unfortunate too. I mean, like you said, uh, there was a huge outpouring of you know sympathy and, and folks that were just really disappointed to hear that because they've made a really big impact on the Raleigh Durham beer scene and mm-hmm. and beyond. Like you said, I mean they've collaborated a lot. They have the Invitational every year. Which I'm bummed that we didn't go this year. Cause I know, right? No, that was our one chance. Gone, yeah, man. but we were. Where were we going? Were we going to Asheville that yeah. weekend? Yeah. yeah, which is yeah. you know, yeah. Don't regret that, but if we had known, Asheville mm-hmm. will always be there. Barrel culture will not. Yeah, definitely won't. That's and that's not what I, you know. As something you're like, oh, I'll just go next year. But yeah, always big names. Always uh, a lot of stuff. They also had like that exclusive member release club and everything. But, yeah, you just would have thought they would be around for a while. Seemingly yeah. from the outside looking in, you know, they were able to expand to a taproom location and had really good releases every year. I mean, we've enjoyed a lot of the, you know, kind of limited batch releases. So Oh, yeah. yeah. They're open through the end of the year. We'll have to go. I, I, I've never made it to the Durham location, I don't think. Like the, the brewing yeah. location. I think I've only been to the taproom in Raleigh. Yeah, we should go uh, one point before here. Yeah. We're down to a couple weekends left here. Yeah, not a lot of time left. It's only three weeks until Christmas. My dad reminded me that this morning. I was like, ooh, no, that's that's coming yeah. up real quick. Without a reminder, like, hey, don't forget to buy me a present. Well, yeah, I'm like, wow. And he's one of the most difficult people to, like, buy for. I'm like, oh, no, now time's a ticking. Yeah. Yep. I, I might know. buy some barrel culture bottles for my <laughs> my local peeps that I can... Just gift those beers, yeah. like, especially now that they're going to be oh uh, yeah, some I of feel the last like the, remaining. I know we've got, got to hold a, on to them and couple, savor them. Couple at home. We've got well, I had this one, then I had the cherry plum. I have which is another barrel aged sour, and then that banana cakes. But we'll have to get as many as we can. Give me all cake. I need all of your beer. I mean. But yeah, sad news, and like you yeah. said, a lot of people on social media were like, "What? No way!" Just seems surprising. Um, hopefully, you know, hopefully all's well with them, and and maybe they'll have another opportunity to start a new endeavor in the area if they or if they're sticking around. But yeah, or in Greenville. Yeah, maybe they're coming to Greenville and they're gonna. Yeah, that's it. Maybe they're that's just it. like, mm, yeah, sorry, Durham. They're gonna add to Too the scene. Unpopulated for us. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna go to Greenville, <laughs> the most populous city, yeah. the, the yes. new ENC metropolis for yeah craft beer they heard that there was a, a cool podcast that was uh, formed out of there so that's why they were coming to come so we could talk about them more oh uh, yes yes exactly, exactly. <laughs> that surely is the case surely no it couldn't be no other reason we've, we've cracked the case here yes yes go ahead and spread that rumor thank you one com- one complaint about this beer is i feel like it would turn your lips purple did it are they Oh no, not really. Not really. Well, I guess my complaints are unfounded. How about my tongue? Maybe if you drank the entire 500 mLs. Maybe. I mean, it looks no redder than normal. Oh God. <laughs> well, maybe I'm just crazy then. Yes, but that was already established. Yeah, it's funny. Is like the name of Barrel Culture. You know, I I would expect a, a majority or at least a, a high percentage of their brews to have been like barrel aged beers. They do a lot of mixed fermentation, wild fermentation. Mm-hmm spontaneous fermentation you know similar to what we're enjoying now yeah they do you know they do have some some stouts they have some darker beers they probably have some barrel aged sours i'm imagining but um it seems like lately we've been having a lot of just like mixed fermentation this one was wine barrel yeah so Mm -hmm. 
Um, but yeah, so Barraculture, you know, you, you, the name sort of projects this impression like, oh, they're all about barrel aging. Which I think they do a lot of them, but then they also have their normal beers. Just because you think about the time intensity that's required for barrel aging a beer, take a long time. So just cranking out some of those too. Cranking out. Barrel culture. Beers. I like it though. It's a play on words because it's like the bacterial and yeast cultures yeah. within the barrels. And then also, yes, the culture of the barrels. Yeah. And it's also a really nice segue into our topic discussion of barrel aging. Barrel aging At large. beer. At large. Yeah. You know, Not it's too uh, small. something that Elsie would probably. Raise the roof over. She likes her stouts, if you've been listening for a while. It's one of her styles. <laughs> Those are my you know, you think of the barrel-aged stout, right? But uh, that's kind of what most people might immediately go to when you think of you know a barrel-aged beer. But there's there's more to it to that, uh, to barrel-aging than just a, a dark, syrupy stout. Um, you know, you kind of look back and do you know, the history of barrels. Like, barrels have been used, oak barrels in particular, have been used for centuries for storing and transporting drinks and food you know a lot of times before you know central air and refrigeration it was you know ways to keep things fresh keep things from perishing um and you get you get a nice barrel that you know it's it's meant to keep things out but also uh in the process has some effect on the product inside oh yeah and that's what we've got to today but uh originally just used as a means of you know, how do we store this, you know, beer that we're making and how we, you know, move it around barrels uh, accomplishes both of those goals. So, Oh yeah. It's very interesting too. Cause like barrels have been around for so long. Cause they think they were the storage vessel of the time before you had metal tanks or plastic bottles or anything. That's what, you know, you call up the Cooper and be like, yo coops, make me a barrel. Oh and yes. Would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And a lot of times, you know, you'd make them, the size you see now with barrels, it's something that's, I mean, granted when full is heavy, but they're transportable based on their size. Uh, but I mean, they go all the way up to some of the, the giant, you know, wooden fooders that we talked about in the Flanders Red episode a few weeks back. Yeah. Um, and that, and the purpose for that is just, just simply for storage and for mature maturation of the, the beer. So, yeah. I mean, you think about, we, I think we did a history of Porter episode at one point, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and those were stored in giant wooden barrels, like uh-huh. giant, like so, like so large that it was catastrophic when they right broke. And, yeah. <laughs> it's like a flood. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, but yeah. So it's a it's a means of storage and transportation, but also now primarily for flavor. Uh, I mean, really, you're not a barrel is not the most convenient method anymore, but for flavor, it really adds a lot to it yeah i mean going back to you know some of the early belgian beer uh traditional styles and practices the barrel aging was instrumental for a lot of those lambics and the creek lambics imparting a lot of that sour tartness it's you know and again it depends sort of on the barrel you want to use which we'll go into that a little bit more but you know for the belgian brewers at the time a lot of used wine barrels, they really were like a breeding ground for some of those wild yeast strains like some Britannomyces and um, that allowed some fermentation to go on in the process of aging the beer and not just simply aging it in the barrel. 
So there's a lot of like history into barrel aging. It's not necessarily a new practice in terms of, you know, fermenting and maturing and flavoring the beer. Like you mentioned, it's, um, it kind of evolved from being just simply for, you know, they needed somewhere to store beer and to transport it. And now it's, uh, you know, evolved into kind of a dual purpose with having that, uh, the extra step added in for adding the wild fermentation, some, some funk, some tartness to it, to those traditional Belgian beers. And, uh, you know, now today we've got an influx of different beers going into barrels, different spirits being used to kind of impart different flavors, mouthfeel, character complexity. So, you know, yeah. Spirit barrels, wine barrels being used. And so it's interesting how the, the benefits of it, you know, beyond flavor and stuff. And you think, I don't know, when I usually think about barrel-aged beer, I think about big, heavy imperial stouts or something. But really, like you mentioned, like the Belgian beers, sours, lambics, things like that, they really do well with barrel-aging because there's a whole bunch of things that happen. You know, the the oak that's used for barrels is usually, you know, it's as a watertight wood, but it's not like it won't right. keep it out like it'll it's porous, it's porous enough, so yeah. it'll soak up some of that so you'll lose a little there so if you stored something in the barrel before that can leach back into whatever liquid you put in but then also since wood is porous and kind of breathable oxygen will slowly infuse over time so you know we usually say oxygen is the enemy of beer but in this case if you do it for long periods of time it can round out some of those flavors especially with those lambics it mm-hmm. can really stave off some of that super harsh bitterness like I can't imagine how this beer that we're drinking right now would have tasted uh, fresh off the fermentation, you know, oh, with those yeah. wild yeast. But then after two years, you know, it's mellowed out to a degree, and it's even still at at this point where it's still pretty tart and acidic. So I'm curious as to how it would have been fresh like that. Oh yeah, I I think that's huge. What you mentioned, just letting the beer kind of mature. Not only is it getting some flavor complexity, but it's mellowing out to some of those kind of harsh tones, especially with like sour styles. I feel like the wine barrel, you know, some of those tannic properties are imparted and it really contributes uh, to a, a more balanced product than, you know, just a tart kind of lip smacker. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> oh, it's so sour. Oh, gosh. Ooh. I think I just really like the sustainability aspect and, oh, yeah. you know, That's you're point. using... I the, hate it. Single-use plastics <laughs> all the way. No, like you're being able to like <laughs> repurpose it for another reason. And so, I mean, those barrels are expensive to make and, you know, it, I'd hate to only be able to use it like one time. Right. So like with the manufacturing of bourbon and then they can only use it once, at least this gives the barrel another opportunity to kind of have a function and a role. Yeah, so. gives it a new life. Gives it and a new you're life. using a you know a sustainable yeah source to yeah. wood you yeah know, renewable mm-hmm. a renewable resource. I mean, I have a <laughs> wine rack made out of um, bourbon barrel. Oh yeah, you do. Well, was fascinating to me is I kind of had this idea that bourbon barrel aging has been around for a while, but it's still pretty young and as far as you know, we're only maybe 30-ish years from when bourbon barrels were first used for aging beers. Um, actually, notably, Goose Island, their Bourbon County series, you know, going back to the early 90s, they're kind of one of the pioneers for using bourbon barrels for 
aging any beer really, but they had their, their stout series. So what I was reading is that, uh, Jim Beam actually just had some leftover barrels that they gave to the, the owners and brewers at Goose Island in Chicago. And, uh, they, you know, threw some of their, their stout into there. And obviously now we know what Bourbon County stout is for, for beer drinkers and what it's become since then. But, you know, 30 years, I mean, that's our lifetime, which is kind of interesting because as far as, you know, the wine barrel aging and using like ports and, uh, you know, just like oak cask aging in general, it's been around for centuries, but the bourbon barrel itself, like you said, using some sustainability practice, which is nice. Um, and now they're able to get their hands on those. A lot of local places now it's becoming more and more common since the nineties that a lot of breweries that, you know, want to kind of have their hand at uh, making a barrel aged stout. It's not too hard to find them from, you know, Jim Beam, Blanton's, Buffalo Trace. You know, you could get probably Jack Daniels too. I think they're probably a little more, I don't know how much Jack Daniels does as far as like divvying out. I, I don't hear as much about them, but uh, I know like. Well, they're just whiskey barrels too, right? Yeah. So they don't, they do they need to do again. their. Right. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, I guess Tennessee whiskey is not the same. Does wh- whiskey has bourbon. to be with new charred oak bourbon, new charred oak barrels, right? Too, yeah. I can't remember. I but think there's a we have a book that bourbon talks about has it. to be a certain percent mat. Like they can only have X amount of corn in the mash, or something like that. I can't remember. All I know that is all bourbon is whiskey, but not all whiskey is bourbon. <laughs> oh yeah, Jack Daniels actually does reuse their barrels after they've finished maturing the whiskey. So that must be that then. Must be one of the stipulations anyway. New oak. Yeah. What an American. They also do give them out is. though. It says they uh, they were used by hot sauce makers, beer brewers, and Scotch whiskey distillers. That's the other aspect of it that mm. some of the used bourbon and Tennessee whiskey barrels head over to Scotland for aging the Scotch Scotland. whiskey. Scotch. Scotch are like <laughs> we don't care about what. <laughs> yeah. If it's charred oak, give it to us. We'll, we'll age some Scotch in it. Is it a barrel? Give me yeah. the barrel. That was oh, a terrible was, accent. Oh, I thought that was great. Oh. Much better than mine. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not even going to attempt it. But, oh, man. Does that make bourbon companies and distillers make... Does that make them sound really, like, snobby and pretentious? Mm. Yeah. We only use... Yeah, mm-hmm. we only use new... We only use that one time. <laughs> oh. Absolutely. I can't believe you'd use that. Yeah. But one thing I found interesting when you know reading about this stuff is how uh, if your goal is to have a spirit forward beer, like to have a really bourbon heavy uh, bourbon barrel aged out or, or you know, whatever spirit barrel it's in, that you really only get that out of the first couple uses. So you have to use that barrel maybe one or two times, which makes sense because the bourbon or spirit flavor comes from either liquid that's left over in the barrel when they're done or whatever's soaked into the wood so it would make sense that once you put your beer in there let it sit for a while it'll eventually you know release and then if you do it again it'll even have less in there so you only get a couple uses out of that is there a specific time frame or duration that you want to let it sit in the barrel yeah, usually probably around six months at a minimum for like bourbon barrels and those things. But usually when people are barrel aging, they're they're going for six months minimum to year, a couple years. 
you're really just trying to let the the beer not only impart that spirit flavor or the wine flavor but to to uh let those flavors mellow and let some of that slow burning bacteria and yeast take its time all good things take time yes exactly Hmm, what you got nick well y'all brought over this beer from brewery Gang. they've got a bourbon barrel aged beer here we've got Three Philosophers, which is a blend of quadruple ale and creek ale with cherries aged in bourbon barrels. I'm super excited about this. It sounds very complex. It's like a mashup of some traditional like Belgian sour styles within you've got some kind of bourbon smoky oaky flavors in there. Smoky oaky. Smoky oaky oaky. Yeah, I was I'm curious. I don't know if we've cracked any of these ones. So these actually my mom got them from for me, uh, Brewery Omegang. Oh, I need practice. Ooh. Ooh. Brewery Omegang from Cooperstown, New York. Cooperstown. was actually started to be, you know, more of a uh, Belgium-focused beer company. And I've actually never been there. I've driven past it before, but I've not gone. Oh, really? Cooperstown is like a little over an hour from where I'm, where I'm from, so. We drive through it, don't we, on our way home? Yeah, but we always are driving through like late at, at night or 2 a.m. or something <laughs> like that. So <laughs> they're not usually open there. But this is very aromatic. You said it's a creek, right? Mix blended with that because I get a little cherry hint on top of from like far away. Mm-hmm. I got cherries. And then as I bring it closer. Oh, definitely. Yeah. More of that traditional. So this is a few years old, actually. That's the 2020 year release. Yeah, so it's a it's a quad and a creek ale blended, and then you get the cherry Ooh. and the barrel aging in there. So, and it gets that, it does have that Belgian yeast character too, you know. But very interesting, very dark cherries, like cordial mm-hmm. cherry, type. cordial cherries. Yeah. That's, that's spot Those on. Those are like Christmas cherries. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. a very pungent cherry yeah. aroma, and then. Yeah, there is a bit of that like Belgian kind of yeast, the estery flavor and note there. It's like, Ooh. just reminded me, I should ask my mom to get this again this year because she got the, for a couple of years, she got the box with four of the varieties for it. This is the one, one of the ones from the 2020, but we has, I still have the regular variant of it. And so we can do a vertical tasting. We could do a three-year vertical with them. That would be awesome. Because then we could have a nice little flavor experience Mm -hmm. yeah i mean again that comes down to just aging in general a lot of styles aren't really going to benefit from a lot of aging techniques this actually besides being aged in bourbon barrels now it's had some aging in the bottle and i think it's developed into a really (laughs) (laughs) maybe i'll let lauren uh a little boozy before i praise this too highly Mm -hmm. but yeah. Oh, yeah. Boozy. Yeah. Yep. Um, That's one thing. Barrel aged beers lend themselves well to to aging beyond the barrel too, because you're not worried about those. You know, IPAs don't be aging IPAs. Uh, Is that a thing? Any, any guess no. at the ABV on this? I'm gonna say if nine. it's a, a quad. I'm gonna say yeah. I was gonna say nine and a half. Well, the three philosophers is nine point seven. Ooh. Very close. Yeah. This uh. Note from Brewery Amagang says, this beer is rich and complex. It's a tour de force 
and a glorious blend of elegant Belgian-style quadruple ale and authentic Belgian creek. Its malty depth and gentle sweetness enhanced by sparkling combination and a serendipitous touch of cherry. Ooh, serendipitous. This looks like a quad in the glass. It's got like that dark brown color. Tan head. What's funny is like, you know, a Belgian quad to me is not all that similar to what we're drinking right now. The blending mm. with the creek and then having the, the cherry mash kind of really elevates us to... Oh, and the bourbon bourbon barrel in it is interesting yeah. as well. It's like that undertone, little smoky oaky, as you said before. Uh, mm. And not too like bourbon boozy, but there's definitely a booze yeah. bite on there and then like some alcoholic warmth on my tongue after tasting it. So... Yeah, not Pretty much tartness though. Like, am I getting a lot of mm-hmm. sour note? The cherry itself has a little bit of that tartness, but it's yeah. not. It, it's it's really well, like, balanced out to a sweet cherry. Where's that bottle? Compared to our last beer, this is not sour at all. Malt, more malt for yeah. it. It kind of reminds me as if you had like a cherry soda and you maybe did like a, a splash <laughs> or like spiked it with some some bourbon. (laughs) Not that that'd be a great mixed drink, but the back label fell off on this, but I'm pretty sure this is actually 12%. Um, because yes, because the bourbon barrel is different than the three philosophers. Oh, barrel aged three philosophers. And that was 12%. 12%. (laughs) Yeah. Darn, I was wrong. Wow. Yeah. Cause it did have a little label on the back, which came off. I was like, this, this still tastes, yeah, that baby's been hanging out for a while. There is definitely a distinction there. So, mm-hmm. and so it this tastes is the barrel aged one. Yeah. Well, it's funny because yeah, the the label actually has a, a little box that says barrel aged. Um, okay, so I'm actually surprised it's twelve because it drinks a lot. Like it drinks closer to like a nine percent beer, maybe. It does have a hit of booze though? Just Don't keep let that drinking. <laughs> Maybe I've got other problems. <laughs> it tastes like I can't water. taste the alcohol. <laughs> Nick, you're drinking straight gin. What's interesting though, um, somebody had this um, from 2016 on Untapped, and uh, they just had it in November from 2016. Subtle barrel bourbon flavor, sweet dark fruits, medium carbonation, not boozy. What? <laughs> well, apparently, if you let it sit long enough, it mellows out. What from 2016? Yeah. The booziness. Okay. I mean, the alcohol is still there. It's not like it's going away. Right. <laughs> like I've had other you just bourbon barrel <laughs> aged beers that are, are boozier than this. Yeah, um, yeah, it's not super boozy. And like they said, the barrel is very mellow in this. It's yeah. just a little mm. undertone. It's not too tannic or not too heavy on vanilla or anything like that. But it could be the Belgian quad. Hiding that right. and the cherry sweetness could be mixing with that cherry vanilla type note. And this is also is pretty pretty neat in the aspect that it's sort of a a cross between traditional Belgian like barrel aging, but also some like modern practices because the bourbon barrel would not have been used. I mean, it wouldn't no. it wasn't there. Like it <laughs> just wasn't, wasn't possible. <laughs> so like they were you know using a lot of the typical like wine barrels and you know, sherry and port, things like that. Um, and now you've got, you know, the influx of bourbon barrel aging and it's being, being used in these traditional Belgian styles. So that's really cool, actually. Uh, and I like the product. It, it came out to be really nice. This is a great holiday beer, like this time of year. Oh, yeah. Thanksgiving to Christmas. It's just... It's like a, a winter cherry. warmer. Yeah, exactly. Like cherry, a boozy winter warmer. Malty, boozy, just lovely. 
I like it. It's like a little dessert. <laughs> it's fitting. We're Cherish sitting here day. by the fireplace. I know. And there's Does chestnuts roasting. Out, um, heat? No. <laughs> oh, okay. It All looks for nice. Show. Oh, I wasn't sure if it had a heating element or not, too, in it. You know, it's like you it's can... got a little vent at the top, but... Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's all a hologram. I don't think it's real. (laughs) We're just living in a hologram. I remember last year, you know, I got a new TV and I was like, I'm going to like test the video quality. So I was looking up those like fireplace uh, videos on YouTube and like playing them. And I was like, ah, I just feel like I'm enjoying like a (laughs) nice glass of beer or scotch and then just sitting Mm. by the fire. (laughs) That's what we could do later was we could crack a bottle. Nice big winter warmer beer. We just got a record player, so we got some records we can set up, Ooh. get them playing, get the fireplace going. But our fireplace does put out heat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it puts then out. Get a, it puts out. put on a robe, sit by it, and just listen and pontificate life while we listen to our records. Oh, that sounds quite pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indubitably. Yes, Let me yes. get my smoking jacket, darling. Oh, yes. What do you mean you don't listen to vinyl? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing sounds as good as vinyl. You don't listen to vinyl. Actually, vinyl's too modern. Uh-oh. I prefer plastic casts. <laughs> that wasn't even a thing. Oh, no, you got like the wax drums. Have you ever seen those? Like the real old school, mm. like it's like a wax drum that was like how they recorded before they did oh, that. Wow. Oh, wow. And people still have them and still play them. Yeah. I saw, uh, it was either some spinoff or something of like how it's made. And they showed, you know, how they, you know, form the, the records. And then actually, you know, how the needle actually reads the, I guess, like the pattern of the, and the, so the different crazy. like elevation yeah. change in the tread of the vinyl. It's, it's just a vibration. And it creates the, and the vibration creates the noise. It's so fascinating. It's so weird. It's know. like you talking and then it just being played in reverse. So that's why it's such like good audio quality because it's like the actual true recording. There's no digital compression or anything like that. So that's why. Oh, wow. All the purest. True yeah. audio files. You know, we're at that stage, Lauren. We're, you know, so we're. We. We're going to start producing secondary <laughs> fermentation on vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> we want you to really no hear one. it. Yeah. You buy a record player, and then all of a sudden your personality changed. Oh, gosh. I'm just kidding. Or am I? <laughs> Is that a Bluetooth player? <laughs> Actually, this does have a Bluetooth on it. Yeah, no, the modern record players now, they're, you know, they're electronic. And yeah, they, they've got like Bluetooth yeah. and all that, so that's funny. You can do, but it's got phono outputs. I do have a pair of speakers that have just the channels, nice. red and white. Makes me feel like I'm hooking up the N64. Ooh. Classic. Classic. What else? Did we have anything else yeah. on barrel aging? I just kind of wanted to like, you know, ask you guys at large, you know, what, you know, what, what, what do you see as like the, the best part of barrel aging, you know, like uh, why do you enjoy it? Or if you don't enjoy it, you can say that, but uh, you know, what, what do you think is like sort of the, the best result we, we have from barrel aging, whether it be hmm. sustainability, <laughs> we know Lauren's it's just re- reduce, reuse, recycle. Exactly. Quite crunchy. Wait. Yeah. Is it really sustaining, though, in modern things? Because it's just kind of an extra step. But you're reusing it, and it's not like sitting in a landfill somewhere. Someone else is using it. Well, the wood would be... It's not like it's going to sit there forever. But you're able to get multiple uses out of it. All right, all right. Yeah, it's not wasteful. Not wasteful. That's really yeah. your number one reason for barrel aging? Well, I mean, I, I do enjoy my um, bourbon barrel, like, aged stouts. Mm-hmm. They're quite tasty. Mm-hmm. 
I, I, I like the character that the wood kind of imparts on the different flavors. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where I would I would sit too, but I like it more. I think I've come to like it more on the sour aspect to, to really mellow out them. Because sometimes, sours, yeah, because yeah, then you're getting more of like a mixed fermentation beer that's had some time to chill out versus a quick soured beer or something like that. That's, you know, there's just a, a different taste. I mean, I like the sour beers that are just kettle soured, but there's something that's really good about having like a spontaneously fermented beer that's had some time to chill out in a nice barrel. Yeah, I, I think I'm kind of somewhere in the middle there, but it's more of, I just enjoy the tradition and the history, history behind it, especially after reading about, you know, obviously we, 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 we see old movies and shows where they depict, you know, the barrels being kind of a traditional vessel, but just the history of the, the barrels and how they've evolved in their use, I guess, has been really just kind of a fascinating aspect of it. So, and now we have you know, the modern bourbon barrel aged Belgian quad. I mean, <laughs> if it, if we didn't sound pretentious before, now we do. So, bourbon barrel Belgian beer. It just adds, it, 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 it allows more opportunity to elevate beer too, I think. And, and sort of crossover kind mm-hmm. of mixed styles blend. Yeah. It just adds another layer of complexity. And also, I guess one thing we didn't talk about was the bacteria that live in mm. barrels as well. Cause that's, I think that's an important point to mention as well, because barrels, unlike a stainless steel tank, you can't sanitize wood because it's porous. So right. you can steam the heck out of it. You can boil it, but it's it'll get clean, but it won't get sanitized mm-hmm. fully because there's just all these little places for that bacteria to hide. So eventually the, the barrel will take on its own, you know, microflora and it will, that bacteria will impart its flavor on the beer as well. So mm-hmm. you get the wood and the compounds within the wood. And you get the beer getting a little oxidized, mellowing out. But then you also introduce these new uh, compounds that are eating away some of the sugars or maybe digesting some of those off-flavor chemicals that we have. And there's some that just kind of chew away at them over time. And they just really require a, a little bit of time, but they'll they'll knock that stuff down. So very it's yeah. uh, very cool. Yeah, particularly those wine barrels because, you know, fruit is part of wine and so as we know fruit has its own yeast i mean you can oh, inoculate yeah. beer by just having it near a blueberry patch so, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah that, that's what i found really interesting too is just uh, you know utilizing the yeah, microflora in the oak itself after it's been used to yeah to, to your advantage give you a little secondary fermentation well you guys still look a little thirsty. Do we? Yeah. So you know what time it is? Time for Elsie's pick of the Time for a glass of water? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, water. I mean, hydration is important, gents. Should we assume the position? Assume the position. Especially when you're drinking 12% barrel aged quad. Oh, yeah. Hydration. Ooh, hydration. You know, all the people, all, all those, like, frat bros that say, oh, you know, beer doesn't get me drunk. It's like, you're not drinking the right beer, my friend. Yeah. I mean, not that I ever drink beer. Okay. I don't usually drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, all right, I'm about to lie here. Let me rephrase. Yeah, let me, let me not misspeak. Uh, you're not drinking, like, 30 Bud Light Nexts? 
Uh, that that Would, is. Have you tried one of those? Yeah, I have not. Is it just like water? It's one of the lightest things I've ever consumed. It's it's lighter than even like Miller High Life has more flavor than Bud Light Next. Really? Wow. I I drink a High Life over Bud Light Next any day. There's a lot of head on these guys, so hold on, stand by. Standby mode activated. We need some elevator music for the standby. Nick and I have our eyes closed. For for those who are maybe just tuning in, assuming the position means that we're closing our eyes and reaching our hands out for Lauren to hand us a blinded beer tasting. Yeah, so I guess we haven't clarified that point, so somebody picked up in a random thing. Elsie's pick of the week is a blind beer tasting by Nick and I. She keeps it in a little secret koozie that we can't see and then pours us a little taster and hands us a glass interesting mine is served in a plastic taster today <laughs> yeah i've got i've got a slightly nicer one with a glass taster um off the bat i'm getting interesting some like belgian characters some of those like bready estery notes some kind of like banana and clove maybe now i'm in an advantage because i knew it was in the fridge already well, I mean, I just know what's in our beer fridge, and I know you didn't go buy a new beer. I might have a guess as to what this is. Okay. Because it smells kind of light. And it's got like a distinct corny beer flavor almost. Hmm. Or smell. I haven't tasted it yet. Yeah, the malt flavor is Hmm. It's kind of light and sweet. All right, maybe this isn't. Maybe it is. Let me see if either of you have had this. Was this a part of the, our beer advent calendar last year from It Tapped? was not. No. It, was it not. wasn't? No. Okay. Then maybe Nick, I don't. you have had this as a taster maybe I don't um, know in 2019. <laughs> okay. I'm totally thrown off. This has a very... So that helps me narrow it down to about 2,100 <laughs> beers. So <laughs> that's good. Yes, yes. You, um, just, you should know exactly what it is. Hmm. Yeah, I'm still initially leading towards a Belgian style. It has that okay. ester character. Yeah, a little bit of like spice too, like some clove, I feel like, or some, some phenolic quality there. Very tricky. A little dark fruit. That's why I was thinking that this was one of the ones. I was thinking this was the Shiner Holiday Cheer. No, that's still in the fridge. From our box last year. Mm. I actually just had that at Thanksgiving too. I didn't mention it, but oh, I'd, I'd had it before. But yeah, the, the it's like pecan or walnut and then it's got peach flavor hmm. yeah that one's a very distinct like fleshy stone fruit this one is is this a i don't know i'm gonna take a look oh wow it's very clear it's a very holy crap light clear <laughs> like, str- like, really straw color <laughs> it's so clear why oh no why? are we in for some trouble here um no. this isn't a bush okay I, I wouldn't have had not. a taste. I hope oh I have had a taster of bush. Well, it smells like yeah. yeah you checked in a taster of bush. <laughs> um, uh, it smells. I know it's got that smell of like uh, that smelly smell. The kind of smell that makes like something smelly. smelly. Well, that's the thing. It's got that like nose that's like screams cheap beer a little bit to me. But. Oh wow. Okay. Mm. You made me insulted. Mm. Oh, whoever wow. made this beer. Yeah, I'm really surprised you um, said that. 
Well, it has the. That's I'm what I'm smelling. I'm actually very surprised you also haven't checked this in because I'm pretty sure you've had this. Hmm. But on tap, don't lie. Unless you just forgot to put taco down. So I'm thrown off because it tastes different than it smells, and it smells like cheap beer. But it. I'm thinking this could be. Are you getting be... that too, or no? Or is it just my nose? Maybe after the last. No, it one. tastes light. It tastes light, but I, I, I'm. I'm gonna really just stick to my guns here and okay. and think it's the only, I, I think it could be like a a Belgian whip beer. I feel like there's something in there either, either it's like clove or like coriander or something. There's like some kind of spice. There is that little bit of I don't know. Yeah, that's where I'm really but it's so pale, right so clear. It's so pale and clear. That's and a lot the of thing. Belgian beers have that haze. And like a Belgian um, double is gonna be darker. Yeah. And I'm trying to think if there's like Oh boy, I haven't guessed yet. I know there's like I have a, no idea. The shoot. color is really thrown. thrown yeah. Um, let's think. Final guess. Is this a beer from? No. Is this? Go ahead. Is guess. this cereal for dinner? No. It's got that cereally taste, and it's like it's not. Is it Edmund's Oast? It is not. Okay. Is it a Belgian style? It is. Okay. From Raleigh, North Carolina. Is it from R and D? It is not. Uh, from Raleigh, North Carolina. No. Uh, it's Durham, actually. Yeah. We've been there. Well, yeah, but. <laughs> uh, let me just say <laughs> I went to this actual place, but. <laughs> this isn't. Um... I can't. I can't even say like a, like a Belgian wit because I it would be hazy. Yeah, I don't know what. What's it, a cl- what what's a very light. Is? Belgian Clear. crystal Weizen. <laughs> I know, right? Like, uh, what would you just say? It's almost like a. I don't. I have no idea. I don't know what an inkle is. An inkle. E n k e l. What beer is it? Just show us. All right. So this is from Brew Bavana. Oh, Bavana. It is a sour table beer. Oh, it's a table beer. Bright and easy. This crisp and sparkling patsy beer, which on here it has it's a Belgian ankle. Don't know what that means. No, um, but usually a table beer. That's why it's The so beloved light. Czech Sars. You'll find it only slightly bitter with a mild earthy flavor and a faintly herbal nose. And they comment on the clove flavor. The clove is that's what you picked up on. So interesting. Yeah, table beer. I don't drink enough table beers to... I swore you had this the last time we went there, though. I think I got plow. Uh, Not so. Yeah, so it's like a Trappist, like a Trappist ale, kind of. Um, so the the inkle or the Patters beer is served in most Trappist breweries and usually only available within the monastery. Um, it's designed to be consumed by the monks themselves, although it is sometimes offered at the monastery's on-site cafe. It's like a Belgian single so I've had a few other from this variety of Belgian table beer, I guess. Um, let's see. I've had I've actually had Trappist Ale from Spencer Brewery. It's America's first Trappist beer. Interesting. I'm not sure that ever would have come to my my head without hearing the no. name because. It was so light and pale in color. It was like a straw. Yeah, and gold. that's the thing. If you think about a table beer, probably going to be like that. What, what a, a what a tricky tricky one that is. Good job. Four point two percent. Yeah. If we would have got that, I would have been super impressed. 
I mean, we I, Belgium was as close as I could get. But you're picking up also on the cloves. Like, nice. Wait, how many percent was it? Four point two percent. Is that higher than normal for a table beer? I thought they were. Oh, I don't. In know. like three percent range. I don't know, sir. So this maybe would be like a Belgian variety of like a Pilsner. Ooh, <laughs> like, Bavana. Let's go there tonight. Have, uh, Let's go drive an hour and a half. Going there tonight, no. And get some dumplings, though. Let's go. No, right but it's really good. Yeah, their food Food's is great. Have you eaten there before? It's no. like Asian. I don't think style so. Food. They've it's got like good. great like dumplings and all this. Uh, mm. Wow. Good pick. That was very, a good pick. Very good. Tricking You're welcome. Us. You're welcome. Jess. I like it. I like it. Yeah. So what did we learn tonight? I learned that I need to drink more table beer. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Drink more beers at the table. I just need to drink more beer. <laughs> Probably. Oh, geez. Um, I learned, which is kind of one of the last comments Joe was bringing up about, you know, the microflora in the the barrels themselves after they've been used for wine or, you know, gin, tequila, bourbon, whiskey. Um, so I actually, I don't think I talked a lot about it, but I was reading that often the alcohol that is in the wood of the bourbon barrels, it will kill a lot of the yeast in the beer itself. So not really much fermentation going on in the bourbon barrel aging process. Whereas fermentation is very much rampant in like a wine barrel, something that's got its own like wild yeast that, you know, some bread or some kind of microflora. Um, We're often like the brewer's yeast that's in a beer. And when it's entered into a bourbon barrel, the alcohol that seeps in from the wood that's been, you know, soaked up from, from bourbon, it actually will not be a sustainable like environment for a lot of yeast. So interesting. Um, you don't end up with a lot of like fermentation going on at that point. It's just more about maturing the beer and, and actually getting some imparted flavor. Um, but there's a lot to be, a lot to be said about that. A lot more to learn about that. I just thought that was kind of interesting that you can actually based on the spirit or the actual, you know what previously occupied the barrel will determine whether or not you're getting any kind of fermentation or, or to what extent that's that's taking place. So, um, I think this is you know we we kind of did a really precursory glance at bourbon or not bourbon barrel aging in in general. So, yeah, I take that back. What I actually learned was I didn't realize that uh, bourbon barrel aging beers was is only like thirty years old. Oh, yeah, oh. that was that was very interesting to learn as well. I did not know that either. What you learn, Lauren? All of that. Wow. Ditto. You learned everything? Yeah. Likewise. <laughs> I learned how ignorant I was about barrel aging prior to this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, now you know. Now I know. We learn. You know. Hopefully you learned something. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Well, gents, I think that's going to wrap up this evening's episode of secondary fermentation we really appreciate you taking the time to listen to us (laughs) (laughs) i'm waiting for you i I can't check out our instagram at east carolina beer uh hit us up on our gmail east carolina beer at gmail.com go to our website east carolina beer.com we're on facebook east carolina beer and brewing and twitter at east beer Reach out, interact, make sure you leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you're using. Unless it's out of ten stars, then give us ten or five, <laughs> whatever you feel is appropriate. Uh, but thanks for listening, and we will catch you 
in the next episode. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll be there and we'll see you there. We'll see you in our mind see you as then, we imagine what you would like. Time. Visitors. Cheers. Listeners. Play us out. Alrighty. Cheers. A Christmas goose for everyone. I'll hit the stop button.